Peter Sherman with you at uh, 604, heading for 605, and uh, we're into the last hour of the show. We have uh, a number of interesting things for you. Uh, If I could open the phones now, which I'm not going to, but if I did, and I asked a question like, uh, do you think we treat our service people, our veterans, um, in an appropriate way when they come back from serving their country or when they're finished their stint? regardless of where they've been on our behalf. And and particularly, do we treat people who have been uh, wounded or do we treat the families of people who have lost their lives on our behalf as well as we should? Uh, I think that um, a lot of those calls would say, no, I don't think so. And I don't know that you would necessarily, unless you are a member of a family that has somebody in the military in it, be able to give me a reason. It's just a general feeling that I get about uh, how we think of collectively how we think of the military we think that they're great we think that they work on our behalf but we think that uh, the government doesn't do what it should doesn't do what's right by them at the end of the day well canada's veterans ombudsman who knew we had one but we do uh says significant gaps remain in the uh, financial security promised to men and women who retire from the canadian armed forces especially those who leave with a service-related injury and his name is guy Parent. No, I'm not bringing on Guy Parent, but uh, I do have with me Phil McCollman, who is the Shadow Minister for Veterans Affairs. In other words, he's the conservative member of Parliament who looks at what's going on in Veterans Affairs, which is presided over by uh, Minister Seamus O'Regan. Welcome, Mr. McCollman. Good to be with you, Peter. Pleasure to have you. Now, why don't you give me a summary of what you think is going on here? Because what I'm reading in between the lines and and right on the lines of uh, what the ombudsman is saying is that uh, injured veterans are basically at a point where they're foregoing treatment in uh, the first months after their retirement because they don't get it covered. Peter, they're they're, they're faced with a complicated system, a far too complicated system of trying to get their medical records when they were in the Canadian Armed Forces over to Veterans Affairs, and there's this period of time that can take up to, in some cases, up to two years, but more likely between uh, six months and a year, where they basically sit in limbo and they cannot uh, access services, and if they they do... They're likely to have to pay for them themselves and not be reimbursed. And many of these are, are people who are injured in their service. So it's a, um, I think your, your instincts when you made your opening comments were, were very accurate. Um, there's lots more that we should be doing for veterans. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is uh, if you think about a person who elects to serve in the military, they are necessarily um, taking on a task that doesn't. That there's not a lot of pay that goes with being military. I mean, maybe the generals make some money, but if you're uh, if you're at the lower level, if you're a fighting man, woman uh, at uh, low rank, then your salary is not going to be the motivator. It's it's the calling, and if the salary is not there, the kind of savings that you have at the end of the day are not such that if you need money, you're going to be able to reach into the bank and just finance yourself for the next year, two, five years. So this is of concern. What happens to these people? Well, here's here's what happens is 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 they're basically in the transition process of going for, from being a soldier in the in the Canadian Armed Forces over to being a veteran. This is where the failure exists in terms of the existing system and the failure, quite frankly, of the, 
the Justin Trudeau government in promising to fix this and not rectifying it for veterans because we just did a study at, at the Veterans Affairs Committee laying out uh, some simple fixes to the, to, the, to the transition issues that have been studied over and over again, and they refuse to take action on these things. So nice to say we're going to make life better for veterans, but this government has not done that. And that's what this report, the Ombudsman's report today, again verifies, is that uh, although uh, they they say they get it and that they say that uh, they have a grasp of what happens to veterans as they exit the military going over to their life and civilian life, uh, they really don't. Well, I'm reading here that there's a spokesperson for uh, Minister O'Regan who is saying, while we appreciate the work that Mr. Parent does, this is the ombudsman, and give his recommendations every consideration, we also take into account voices from across the spectrum of the veteran community, especially veterans and their families, when making our priorities. Now, that sounds to me, I mean, my inference from that is the veterans are fine with everything. Is that your experience? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, far from it. I've, I've traveled across the country, held roundtables uh, in many locations, as I know that the minister has done as, as well. And what you hear time and time again are, are basically issues of process that veterans themselves face uh, in a complicated fashion in dealing with getting the benefits that they so rightfully deserve, uh, you know, as coming out of the military and going into civilian life. And so what what this report does, again, and it, it points out, in, particularly in the healthcare support area, the kind of issues they face. And, and, and many of these issues, uh, you know, when you mentioned this spokesperson for the minister saying these things, it, it, they're, they're basically dancing around the real issue. And we hear it over and over again from veterans is, listen, just make the system simpler for us to deal with, provide the things that we need as we exit into civilian life in terms of in particular health care and the supports we're going to need. And, and we're talking here in many ways, Peter, about about disabled veterans, veterans who, uh, you know, who are, are are coming out of the military with disability, and it's documented in their file as they leave as a soldier. But they have to start a whole new file at Veterans Affairs, which makes no sense at all. There's no seamless transition of their medical records from one uh, from the CAF from the Canadian Armed Forces over to Veterans Affairs. That's a simple fix that the ombudsman's both ombudsman's both. There's two, by the way. There's one for veterans and one for uh, the Canadian Armed Forces. Both have been saying would be an easy fix. Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking at uh, another aspect of this, and, and this is kind of the ultimate, uh, dealing with fallen soldiers, men and women who have given the ultimate uh, sacrifice, they've died, and the military uh, accordingly pays a death benefit to spouses and dependent children of members who die of a service-related injury or illness. But Mr. Perron says those benefits should also be available to the extended families of soldiers, sailors, aviators, who die without a spouse or common-law partner and who have no offspring. Given the, the, let's call it, fluid state of what marriage or living together or partnership means these days, it sounds to me like he's making a logical statement. Why aren't we there? Uh, why aren't we there? It's because 
again, there's a there's a, uh, a refusal of this government to grasp the real issues that happen to uh, different types of service soldiers who've been in who've been in the military. The one that the examples that you just gave, and uh, they are in relationships with other people, and they do have caregivers. Many of them have personal caregivers because of the the nature of their injuries. And so uh, why isn't it happening? I think that's a question you need to ask the minister. Well, one of these days we will. But meantime, we got a a few answers from you, and I appreciate the fact that you took time to talk to us, and I wish you well with the Veterans Affairs Committee. And uh, once you get back in session in in opposition question period, we've been talking about the Ontario question period today. You probably heard about that. But the uh, the question period that you have, to give them hell and make sure that our, our military people are getting what they deserve. Thanks, Peter. Nice to be with you. All right. Phil McCollman, who is Shadow Minister for Veterans Affairs, Conservative Party of Canada. I am Peter Sherman. You are with Global News Radio 640 Toronto.